Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the Small Seed Big Impact Podcast. We hope these episodes plant seeds that inspire big impacts in your life. Shane and I are your hosts. Don't hesitate to reach out to us on social media and let us know what you thought of this week's episode. All right, y'all, enjoy! Hey guys, what's up? I am back this week with an extra special guest, my brother, the kookiest of all the Kravitzes, Kooky Beans. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, this is, uh, this is Mr. Kooky, aka Beans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? Um, excited to be on the podcast for a second time. Um, <laughs> oh, we yes, we already well, tried to record once and it got a little funky, so round two. Do you, any, back over do you have any jokes? Do you have any, any jokes? jokes you want to tell the kids, uh, <laughs> the listeners? Yeah, uh, let's do a class. Knock, knock. Who's there? Orange. <laughs> Orange who? Aren't you glad I'm on the podcast <laughs> again? <laughs> so tough. Oh my gosh. <sighs> All right, guys. Yes, Ben is my brother. He's my younger brother. Uh, we grew up very close, though. So sad. He's in Australia right now and not coming home for Christmas, but super excited. He's been, like, traveling the world, and that's kind of what we're going to jump into and talk about because you've been traveling for – how? like, so now you're in Australia, but how long were you traveling for originally? Um, I was backpacking, like, consistently moving around for a little over four months. And where were the places that you were backpacking? Or where did, where did your adventure start? Uh, so we had the family trip from Italy and Greece. Uh, so I wouldn't really consider that backpacking. That was more of a luxury. You know, got to, <laughs> that was more family time. Um, but then when I was on my own, it, uh, the trip started off in Egypt. Um, Egypt, and then from there I headed over to uh, Southeast Asia, where I did Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, um, Indonesia, Taiwan, Japan, and then Australia. Yeah, those are um, then down to Australia. And I did the uh, the east coast of Australia. I started up in Cairns, which is uh, like kind of far up and not too far up in the north. And then um, did like a road trip on the way down, uh, down to Sydney, which is where I'm living right now. Do you like Sydney? I do. Uh, well, so I live in Bondi Beach, um, which kind of, it's like, a, a lot, I think when you think of Sydney, a lot of people think of like, you know, the city and which it definitely has that that business district and everything, but Bondi Beach is this like little subsect neighborhood that's uh, really laid back. You know, it's almost a small community. You see a lot of the same people, um, which kind of feels nice. It makes it feel like more of a home than just like a place I'm just kind of you know staying for a little bit. Um, but I do really enjoy it. There's a lot a lot of beautiful things out here. And right now you're living with four other people from four different countries. Is that yeah correct? Yes, um, and I would say that's that's also the like one of the really great things about Australia in general, but um, even Bondi Beach, is you meet everybody, or, or everybody that you meet is from a different, um, almost seems to be from a different country. Um, not too many. I've met only a handful of Americans out here. Um, the people that I live with right now, I live with a guy from Switzerland, um, Spain, Italy, and one guy is Australian. Um, so you have do all these different all, cultures. Do they all speak American? 
I mean, English. (laughs) (laughs) They all do it. (laughs) Let me try that again. Do they all speak English? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. Everybody, everybody speaks English. Uh, and what I actually, I feel bad. So sometimes I, I stutter, which people might hear this in this podcast. I kind of mumble my words a little bit. And I feel bad because a lot of, uh, a couple of my roommates are like, oh, I thought I was really good at English until like I heard you speak. And I was like, oh, like you, it's not even, it's not you. It's, it's, it's the way I, it's the way I talk. Um, so like, there's a little bit of a language barrier with some words, but uh, it's not really, it's nothing like, nothing too, too crazy. crazy. Awesome. I'm, I'm trying to learn, like, they'll teach me, like, a little bit of Italian or something. Like, They're teaching you, like, the square like, words, the classic. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much nothing that will ever be useful in my life, but I'm, like, trying to perfect this so I can impress somebody someday. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. You're like, good. suck my wing. I'm trying to ask where the bathroom is. This is what they told me. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's something along those lines. Okay, let's get let's get into these. Let's get into these questions I got for you. So Ben just graduated from USD, my school too, um, in May. So literally like when we went on the family trip, you had just graduated. Um, I want to talk about like how is traveling equipping you better for your future like after college? Because I feel like oftentimes people may feel like the pressure to get a job right after college and feel like they don't have the time to like take this year or however long you're going to do it off um, because they feel like they may like fall behind in the job market or it's going to be like even harder for them to get a job. So do you think that this is like setting you up? How is this setting you up for your future? Um, I would say just as far as the interpersonal relationships that you're going to be able to develop um, in the future with people from different backgrounds and cultures, um, as it, you know, you kind of, you sharpen those skills when you travel a little bit, um, being able to relate to people from different backgrounds. And I don't think it's like, uh, oh, sorry, I think that was, that was my computer. I just made a ding. Um, I don't think it's, it's anything that is going to take you too far out of the market. It's not like you're not, uh, I think a gap in your resume, um, if you went out traveling or backpacking and doing something like that is much different than just a gap of being like, yeah, I just didn't really do much. Um, like, you know, you were going out, seeing the world. Um, I spoke to a couple of my professors at USD about it because I was I was on the fence for a little while thinking thinking the same things I was um, you know what am, am I going to be behind uh, should I just get a job right away like everybody will kind of be ahead of me um, and I spoke to a, one of my professors who did kind of like what I did but he lived in India for two years when he got done and he said it was the best thing he could have ever he could have ever done and um, you know that kind of also helped push me in the right direction. Yeah, I feel like if you have people around you who, like, can support the idea of you doing it, then that makes it a lot easier than people being like, you have to, like, go get a job, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, where do you where do you think your passion from traveling comes from? Uh, I would say growing up, um, I mean, Holly, I think you know this best, too. Uh, we definitely we traveled a, a, a fair amount when we were younger um, and just getting out to see like different parts of the world. Um, and I think also moving, moving from Massachusetts to California, uh, you know, when I was like 1920, um, I think also just kind of shifting and like seeing there's a lot more than what you just grow up with. Like what you, and there's, there's so much more to see in this world. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I just, I, I love something about new experiences. I feel like life gets stagnant after a while. Um, even though you could be trying to do new things, 
Um, I think traveling will always bring a new experience, you know, a new friend, a new memory. Um, what's your yeah, favorite, like, what's like your favorite thing about traveling? Is it like seeing the other cultures, eating the food, drinking the wine, <laughs> seeing like the history, like what's your favorite thing? Like when you travel places, like what's the number one thing that you're like, I need to do and you do it in each place or like meeting, meeting locals. I would say a hundred percent. It has to be the, the people that you meet, um, whether it's like local people or other travelers. Uh, it's, it's just, there's like this dynamic when you meet somebody in a foreign, that it's both a foreign country to you and the other person. Um, and you know, you're just there to have a good time, explore, have like new experiences. And uh, it's, it's almost like this weird energy where it's to make friends. It's, it's so easy. Um, so easy to talk to people. Everybody's you know really open. Um, so you have this weird, it's, it's almost within like an hour of meeting someone you feel like really connected. You feel like, you know, like you've almost been friends for longer. Um, and I feel like that, uh, yeah, just meeting, just meeting people in general um, on the road is just, uh, I'd say my favorite part. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely important, I think, to like step into um, like the actual culture that you're in. So like talking to the people, like the local people and really trying to find like those hidden gems of like what's not touristy, you know, because I feel like that's also really what um, allows you to learn, like really truly learn about the culture that you're in. But what was your, did you have like a vision for taking this trip? Um, Yeah, I I really wanted to, uh, I had a broad vision of just becoming, I guess, um, not I guess, uh, my my broad vision was to become more comfortable and happy with with myself. Um, And I just figured being, you know, being out of my comfort zone for a a long period of time um, and really just being by myself doing things will help push me to, you know, really, or at least have the time to reflect and, and not blame external things for what I was unhappy with in my life. Cause I feel like a lot of times people always have, they can always say, Oh, like my, you know, my job or school or something like this is stressing me out. That's why this day is not good. And um, I feel like when you eliminate all those things from the day to day life, it gives you uh, the ability to look and kind of look deeper. If that makes sense. And uh, really get to the root of some of the things that make me tick. What do you feel like you were struggling with that you were able to work through? I would say a lot of it was uh, maybe, I, I think it was uh, the worth that I placed on other people's opinions. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I valued what other people thought more than I wanted to. And um, and I guess also like what I think society wanted, people like wanted the expectation from society. After school, you, you get a job, you make money you know, you buy things, um, stuff like that. And I was, I was always kind of like anxious about what I was going to do next. Um, and maybe like I felt as if I was living my life geared towards other people's perceptions of how I should live it than my own perception. Um, do you think you were a people pleaser? Yeah, I would say so. I would, I would say I was selfish sometimes, but a majority of the time is I was trying to please other people more than I would like. I'd rather I don't want to be selfish. I feel like selfish is not always the best word. You'd rather be like truthful. Just like if you yeah, can't truthful. do something, you say no. Or if you have like, you just be truthful with them. Yeah. And I would say, I would say being truthful is, is sometimes a difficult thing. And I'm sure you have to go through a lot of that with the business. And, you know, you don't always have time for the day-to-day stuff that people may, might want you to engage in. 
Yeah, I do think it's important to be able to, like, give your energy where it's needed um, or, like, where it's most important, I guess. (laughs) Do you want to laugh right now? (laughs) What? I do. I feel like that's, I feel like it's important because like where you're, where you're like projecting your energy is where your emotions, your thoughts, like everything's going to go. So if you're just trying to please everyone, you're, if you're trying to please everyone, the only one who's hindering from that is you. You're not going to be happy. Definitely. Um, I think traveling will definitely help with that. Uh, you know, if, 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 you know, starting a business is the next thing in line, I think that'll definitely help with it. But I also think there's other steps like traveling or, um, you know, kind of things where you could, you could reflect and you have, you have to cut out other things in your life because it's not, it's not an option to have A and B, you know, you can only have one or the other. Um, and I think those, those kind of scenarios that you put yourself into are what really help you grow. Why do you think it's important for people to solo travel? Or do you think um, it's important? Cause this was like <clears> a really big, I think a lot of people would be like, even me, like when I think about solo travel, I'm like, Ooh, that's kind of scary. Like that kind of scares me. <laughs> so I feel like, um, is it important? Like I know other people who have done it and they've like every single one, every single person who is solo traveled loves it. But I think the majority of people are even scared to take that, take that step to even try it. So. Um, no, I was definitely, I was, I mean, I was nervous to take that first step. I think, yeah, I when you solo travel, it's, it's everything's up to you. Um, you know, you don't really have anybody. There's nobody else to like figure out the plan with or uh, you know problem solve with. So everything's on you, and that can kind of seem daunting, especially when you're in you know a country you don't speak the language, you don't you know, you, know, you don't know anybody there. Um, but then I also think when you get through and you're like, you know, this isn't actually this isn't nearly as hard as I thought it would be. That kind of rewarding feeling, um, just knowing you can go anywhere, and you know it's you'll be fine. Like you could pick me up and place me in some random country and I'll be fine. Like I'll make friends. It's uh that's that, that kind of feeling is, um, it's almost, almost comforting. Uh, but solo travel, I think it's definitely the best way to go. Um, it's cool to travel with friends. Definitely. Like I, parts of my trip, I would, you know, I met people and then we would travel for a couple of days or a week or two together. And that's, that's always cool. But on the, on the flip side, you definitely don't meet as much people as you would meet if you were by yourself. Cause you have a friend, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to constantly go out of your way to talk to somebody or to, to go out of your comfort zone to meet new people. If you have someone that you, you could just talk to or go to, you know, go hang out and do some activity with. Um, so that's why I think solo traveling and, and staying by yourself for the, like at least the majority of the trip uh, will constantly like push you outside of your comfort zones and um, push you to problems all by yourself and help you to really reap the benefits of um, long-term travel by yourself. How did you push yourself to that place? Like, how did you take that first step? Cause you said you were nervous. Like what got you over those nerves? <clears throat> a lot of, a lot of YouTube videos about like the, the sick places I was going to go. I think, um, <laughs> you know, I just, I'd watch like a lot of vlogs or, or read, read about a lot of trips that people would take. Um, you know, everybody was saying the same things like, you know, the, it's, it's like this incredible experience to be by yourself and travel. And then also just like seeing pictures or videos of, um, the places that I was going to go, I was it just, it, the excitement helped, um, overcome the nerves. Um, not that I was, I was crazy nervous or anything. I was just like, it was, you know, excitement, nervous. Yeah. Yeah. Something new. Um, yeah, I think just also like researching and like trying to find out a lot about the places and 
I think if you start off with, you don't need to go. I think Egypt was a little bit of a leap to go for a first place solo traveling. I wasn't, I wouldn't recommend that to everybody. Um, (laughs) Why was Egypt hard? Why was that like not a good first place to start? Not that it wasn't a good, I think it was a great first place to start because I, now that I got through it, but at the time it was, that was a very stressful um, time just because, you know, you are by yourself and, and Egypt is, uh, the, the tourism there isn't as big as it is in other places, like especially the backpacker scene um, compared to Southeast Asia, uh, Egypt isn't really, it's not, not nearly that big, but um, some of my favorite memories were from Egypt because I was in like, I know, at some points I was just like, what the, f- you know, what the hell is going on? Like, this is just, you know, some like, some of the car rides I was doing, the train rides, like the, the security check. Oh my God, wait, tell the, tell the story about, tell the story about you in the train with the guy. I thought uh, you yeah. in the train. Um, I was, I was on a, a train ride from uh, Cairo to, Cairo to Aswan, um, which is like a 10 hour train ride heading, heading from, like the middle of Egypt to the south. Um, and this train was like the, it was a, it was like a two level bunk bed in these cabins. And <clears throat> the train was bumping all over the place. Like it was just like, it was like, like the old, you know, 60, 70 train. And um, we went to sleep and I forgot that I was on the train. It was like the first time I had like a good night's sleep. Cause like the hostel bed that I was staying in was pretty much like a mat on the floor. Um, like beforehand. So I didn't really sleep well. So I like, finally had like a, a proper bed to sleep in. And like, I don't know, I woke up at some point throughout the night and we were just bouncing around and I stuck my hand up and felt the, uh, I felt like a metal, like the metal above my bed, but it was pitch black in the cabin. So I don't know what, I thought I was like being kidnapped or something. I woke up like, screaming and like, get me out of here, banging on the door or banging on the, the roof, like the tin roof above my head. Um, and there was this, there was this man, uh, this guy from China below me that was like, oh, relax, relax. He turned on his phone flashlight. He's like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was just screaming in this cabin for a couple minutes. Um, not a couple minutes, like 10 seconds. Um, yeah, so that was, but that was a, that was definitely an experience being on there. Um, and then just, yeah, I don't even, I don't know what the initial start of that question was. <laughs> That's just funny. Uh, what was like, what do you think was the most difficult part about like going from new place to new place? Um, I, it's honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty exhausting. I don't, people that back back longer than like three, four months, um, I, I respect, uh, because it's going from like new, like each new place. Um, it, I don't know. It's just you know, figuring out how you're going to, how you're going to get to the hostel, like going through, uh, like if you're flying there, getting your visa, you know, a lot of places, like some places you need like a, a return ticket. And then like, it's also like, do you really want to book, you, you, not necessarily you always want to book a return ticket. Um, so making sure your visa is sorted, exchanging money at the airport, knowing you're going to get F word. Um, <laughs> you can get fucked like, up. like, especially if you're coming with like another country's currency, that's not American or something. Um, you know, you fucked on the exchange rate, regardless if you exchange it at the airport or not. Um, you know, figuring out how you're going to get to your hostel, like uh, you know, being a vegan too. Like I'm trying to figure out a lot of the countries that I went. Um, meat was a huge part of the culture. Um, so like me fig- trying to figure out, you know, I want to eat more than rice and fruit today. Um, Ooh, let's talk figure- about that. Sorry. Yeah, like, yeah. No, so I'm just saying like those, those all lead into like difficulties where you're like some days that's why it's nice to be on like, you know, it's, it's nice once you get to the destination, you're settled in your bags, you know, you got your bag, you're at your hostel, you're, you're wherever. 
and you can kind of explore and get out. But like in the meantime, walking around with your big ass backpack, trying to trying to navigate your way, being like, damn, I just lost 15 like American dollars, which could have bought me a whole day of like stuff, like just on this exchange rate. Um, yeah. So just the, the process of getting to one place to another is a little bit of annoying, uh, a little bit annoying. But once you're there, you're typically good. Let's talk about you going vegan on this trip (laughs) because you were not vegan when you were in San Diego. No, I wasn't. I was the complete opposite. (laughs) But most people would like probably do the opposite where they would think it's too difficult to stay. If they are vegan, they might think it's too difficult to stay vegan while traveling. So they just end up like eating whatever's there, whether it's like fish or whatever it is. So like what sparked your want to go vegan while traveling and what did did it happen at the very beginning like was it literally like the first place in Egypt that you were you're like I'm just gonna stay vegan this whole time or well um leading up to the trip I I cut out um leading up to the trip I was pescatarian um so I was only eating fish not the I I think it's weird when people say they're pescatarian and they're like yeah I eat eggs and cheese too it's like (laughs) It's like, why don't you just say you just don't eat meat, but you eat everything else? I don't know. So I only ate fish, no, nothing else. And then, uh, and I, I knew I wanted to go full vegan eventually, but um, I kind of used the argument. I was like, oh, like I need the protein from fish. Um, like I thought I'd lose too much weight and too much strength in the gym. And then once I got to Egypt, I was kind of like, the the health standards over there aren't really the highest, nor are, where are they really high in any other country that I went to. Um, even in Australia, they're not the best. But um, <laughs> seeing like the food get made um and i was like holy shit like if i'm not gonna eat that meat i'm sure as hell not gonna eat the seafood that you know that has been like baking out in the sun <laughs> kind of thing um, but at, at first it was like i i don't want to get sick from the seafood and i was i was already i was already like a little uneasy as far as like the food i was eating because you know it's new bacteria um just like a different environment uh so i was like i don't want to add on top of that so that's when I cut out fish. And then, um, after the first week and I was like, Oh, like I'm, I'm fine. Like I was still working out, um, doing like calisthenics kind of stuff. And then, uh, two weeks later, you know, I didn't miss in three weeks and I was just like, Oh, this is fine. Like, you know, I don't need fish as much as I thought I needed it. Um, and you know, now I feel good. So no need to go back. Did you, did you meet anyone else vegan while you were traveling? I met a, um, a, a small amount, a couple people, um, and we were always like, you know, as soon as somebody, uh, as soon as I met somebody else that was like vegan or vegetarian, uh, I'd be like, all right, cool. Like, let's go to the, like, like, let's like go to some cafe. Like, let's go to some restaurant that's like vegan. Cause like a lot of times, uh, like that's another thing with solo travels. You eat, you eat a lot by yourself and it, that doesn't sound bad until like, I mean, you're in like restaurants, you're not, you can't always cook. So like a lot of times you're just at a restaurant or at like a little cafe and you're just like always by yourself. So you could read a book or you could be on your phone, but, um, it's nice to eat with company. It's until you really don't have it. I feel like it's, you forget how nice it is and then when you have company it's like wow this is nice so i mean another vegan we always try to find like a vegan spot um, <laughs> and enjoy company and like have a nice meal what's the most vegan friendly country you went to hmm. i'd say uh i would say indonesia bali um bali has uh, a ridiculous amount of vegan cafes um and I think that's also uh, really largely due to the tourism industry there. It's um, Bali's like such a such a visited place that I think they and veganism is also um, continuously rising. So I think just like the combination of those two has just made it like a, a vegan mecca. Is there yeah, a lot? Rec- 
Is there a lot of vegan spots in Australia? In Sydney? Mm. There's definitely there there are definitely some some great vegan spots. Um I don't go to nearly as much out here because it's the prices are like being back in America. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like still in the mindset of like I really only want to pay like two or three dollars for a meal. Not like <laughs> um so I really haven't ventured too much. When I first got here uh, and I was still living in my car, yeah, I was going to like, and I wasn't cooking as much. Um, I was going to a lot of vegan restaurants and they have some really great place, uh, great places. Um, but, you know, you do, you're definitely going to pay a little bit, a little bit extra for it. Um, how sick of you were, how sick were you of eating out by the time you like finally got to your destination in Australia? Because I feel like that's really hard. Even when we travel for like a couple weeks, I'm like dying to not to get home, like as I'm like at my home, but I'm dying for like a home cooked meal. Like this trip that we just did with like the family was really nice because we did Airbnb. So we actually like did have the ability to like make food, which I'm never going to like stay at another hotel again. I'm just always going to do that because it's, it's like sounds really bratty or sounds like, I don't know, but like when you eat out too much. I mean, me personally, at least, I'm like, ugh, if I have to eat, like, one more heavy meal, because it's just, like, heavy when it's cooked by someone else, like, you know what I mean? So, were you, did you feel like that, or? Oh, my God. Um, Yeah. Yeah, especially when I I was finally able to consistently cook, um, I'm pretty sure I just didn't season my food for, like, (laughs) the first three weeks. I was, like, just plain food, just, like, I don't want, like, I don't want anything, I don't want any salt, I don't want any, like, extra oils, um, but, uh, uh, to counter that, that was that was a very like kind of yeah like almost a bratty thing to be like oh I don't want to eat out you know even though it's like a two dollars to eat on a meal um, you just don't feel the best when you you know you're not always it's I feel like eating out and eating healthy isn't always the easiest um, I feel like you can accommodate and you know if you're gonna eat out every now and then you can definitely eat out healthy that's fine but like you know for three meals a day it's like fuck, man that's kind of hard uh, but yeah I'd also do I would eat a lot of like a lot of hostels would offer like toast. So, I mean, I lived off, like, it was nice to have simple. I would just get, like, toast with, uh, with like, peanut butter and, like, jams, whatever they had. And, um, you know, eat, like, six or seven slices and uh, get into, like, the nighttime. Um, not that that's, like, the healthiest thing, but uh, it was just nice to just, you know, have, like, a, a basic meal. Or sometimes the 7-Elevens in Southeast Asia, they sell, like, just, like, normal food, like, meals. Uh, so I'd buy, like, a rice container with some nuts um, and maybe, like, a little salad and, like, you know, that would only be like $2 uh, American. But just having those like basic options that weren't restaurant cooked meals or like street food was a nice, nice break in between. <laughs> but also, I'm not going to lie, it was amazing. Being able to eat and like eat really well and eat cheaply um, is like something you can, you can't get anywhere else in the world except for like some of these places. Yeah, let's talk, let's talk about your like budget because you said $2 meals, which is bananas because the only $2 meals you can get out here is McDonald's. So, (laughs) and I'm assuming you weren't eating (laughs) McDonald's while you were out there. How did you like, how did you travel on a, how did you travel on a limited budget and how did you get yourself ready to like have that money because you weren't working? Um. So uh, traveling on a budget, a lot of it is just, I, I think it's important to pick a number, like that, pick like a, a daily budget allowance um, and not factor in, like I, I tried using an app, I would track your daily, your daily allowance and you would put in like, you know, I put in like a flight cost and then it would make my daily, my daily spending go up like an extra $10 or whatever to accommodate for that. So I didn't like that because it wasn't like a true, 
like I wasn't spending, you know, $60 a day. I was spending 50, but since I bought a flight two weeks ago, I was selling that I was spending 60. So I didn't like that. Um, but a lot of times I try to limit myself. Southeast Asia, I was spending like 35 a day. Um, that's including food, uh, accommodation, activities. Um, but then, of course, some days, you, you know, you spend more. Uh, but I think having that number and then just keeping that in mind uh, throughout the day as you, you, you get breakfast, you, you take off whatever, a couple bucks, um, get a smoothie, a couple bucks, and just like being able to chip, chip away at your budget um, and keeping it in mind every day. Uh, kind of helps you over the long run. And then you're also, a majority of things are cash. Or at least a lot of times you pay with cash just because like my credit cards all got frauded on and my <laughs> ATM card. So I had to use cash for a lot of my trip, which I did not like because a lot of times, you know, you're going to the ATM and then you, you have to, you're paying with physical bills every time. Um, it's a lot easier to keep track. You know, when you, you know you start out with so many, so much um, <clears throat> and then you're, you're, you're paying out throughout the day. So I think paying in cash helps and then just having that daily a daily reminder of like, I don't want to spend more than 35 today. Uh, at least for this week, I'm going to keep it to 30 bucks or whatever. Um, it helps, helps stay in mind. It helps keep the budget in mind. And, uh, yeah. Was it, was it, so did you set out like when you were planning this trip, did you set out thinking like, I'm only going to spend $35 a day or is that a budget that you set after traveling for X amount of time and realizing like, this is how much it takes for me to like get what I need to do. Um, it, it wasn't before. Uh, so on, there's a lot of websites and everything that will tell you, Oh, like this, this should be your daily budget or whatever for this place. Um, but I mean, counting on those places, it's, or counting on like websites like that. It's, it, you really just have to go there and be there and, um, understand. So it was, it was basically from traveling into these places a couple days and I'd be like, all right, it's realistic for me to, you know, Egypt was super cheap. Um, you know, in Cairo, I could spend like, that was like $20 a day and I was eating fine. Cause like in Egypt, I was eating meals for like 60 cents. Like they're like <laughs> falafel and like, uh, like just crazy. Yeah. Like Egypt was super cheap. So you just, you kind of, uh, just move the budget around for, you know, depending on how you're there. And also like some places you want to do, you know, Egypt, if I was spending 20 bucks a day, but I knew I wanted to go diving on the Red Sea, like that was fine to like tighten up my budget a little bit, not spend as much in the city. And then when I got over to, uh, the, like South Sinai, um, I knew I was okay to spend like, what, it was like $300, $400 for the diving package. Um, and like 300, 400 American. Uh, so I think it's just, you give and take a little bit, but yeah, you gotta be in the places to understand. Definitely. How did you like prepare? Uh, for, as far as like the financial aspect of it. <clears throat> and, and if, if you want to tell how much money did you save up to be able to travel for this long? You don't have to tell that if it's too personal. <laughs> no, 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 I'll tell you. That. It's kind of ridiculous. I didn't. I never thought I'd get to this number, and I, I spent. See, now I'm almost embarrassed because I'm like thinking back to how much money I had and how much I have now. I, I, so I started with nineteen thousand. Um, Deal. Nineteen thousand dollars. That was the most I ever saved. Uh, ever saved in my life. Um, <laughs> More than my three dollars But that came from. Uh, that came from. Um, that was one year worth of like dedicated saving. And I mean, like saving, like, you know, every like extra, extra money I had, I was, I was throwing in there from working. Um, I worked at like a lot of random jobs. Um, you know, even if it was just for a weekend and I got like a hundred bucks for working on like a farmer's market, like that was fine. Cause like the hundred was going straight into the savings account. Um, and then selling, uh, everything I could get my hands onto, um, you know, from like paintings to skateboards to furniture, um, 
to like old watches and sunglasses and everything, um, like using the the app called OfferUp. Uh, I did a lot in there. Like did some on eBay, um, and just it was everything was just like money money focused. And I knew, um, you know, I limited. I really didn't go out as much. I like go out too much. And like when I would go out, I would you know, I didn't really spend a lot because um, I, I just kept it in mind. I was like, I, you know, I want to travel and I want to do this seriously. And I, you know, I don't want to get I want to get out there with only a couple thousand and have to turn around. Um, so I purged my life, sold my car, all the clothes that I couldn't sell, gave away. Um, everything that I do own now could fit in a backpack, living a very simplistic, simple, simplistic, 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 um, simplistic life. Uh, and it feels good. You know, it, it really does. Like, I don't, I feel like people have way too much shit. I had way too much shit, like way, way, way too much. What did you learn from like selling all of that and like letting go of those like physical, tangible things that people usually like, you know, you work so hard to buy that like pair of sunglasses or something. And then you're like, okay, I'm just going to sell it. Like basically letting it go. And you're definitely not making the same amount of money that you bought that for. <laughs> no, no, I lost, I lost, everything that I sold, I pretty much lost money on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not a fun, but like, yeah. Uh, I think it just shows that you really don't need like you don't need those things to be happy and I feel like a lot of people only get those things to um to show them off to other people like why do you need you don't need fucking like 20 pairs of shoes like if you like if you have whatever um like different styles are cool but at the end of the day it's um I'd rather have I'd rather take that money and um have an incredible experience and have those memories last than you know a pair of shoes that I could show off to whatever Instagram or um people on public that really and like no one cares like cool you got nice shoes like no one no one's stopping their day and being like, wow, that, like, that <laughs> in my life, you know, other kids' shoes. Like, no one cares that much about it. Um, so the fact that you, you know, you as an individual care what other people think, um, you don't need to. Like, my, my clothes aren't that nice now. A lot of them have holes because, like, I washed them so much over the past couple months. Um, you know, that's – it's uh, it's it's nice to just not need to worry about what, really what other people think because I mean, you also you, – you see that a lot with travelers too. Like, people, people don't travel with a lot of stuff. I traveled with way more stuff than I needed. And I kept leaving stuff in other countries. I, at hostels, I would leave like sweaters, shirts, um, just cause you really don't need that much. Um, and like, who was I, you know, who was I trying to, who was I trying to impress? Like, I don't need, like, it's fine to wear the same shirts, um, the same shorts, like that's, that's fine. Same shoes. Uh, yeah. I think people just need to get out of the mindset that all these material things matter. Um, more than they actually do because the experiences and memories that you have, like that's what really lasts in life. You know, not some new phone or shoes or whatever. Preach. Did you have like an expectation for this trip when you were like at the beginning, when you decided like, all right, I'm going to travel. Was there something you wanted to get out of taking this trip? I just want to get out of, um, I think it all loops back to the beginning when I was just saying like, I really wanted to, it was like a, a personal journey. And um, working on myself, <clears throat> finding, uh, excuse me, just finding like a balance um, in between like what makes me happy and like what are things that I need. Um, you know, like as you said, like the home cooked meals, like, you know, I know, I think a lot of people think like eating out every, for every meal would be cool, but like really it's not. Like, um, I think I realized it was like things like that, like uh, being able to work out or like have like access to a gym, um, you know, really helps me. So I think the trip, I guess like a vision was just being able to find out what I really need. Cause like I'm taking away all my comforts, 
my like consistent comforts. Um, and then slowly adding them back in as I came to Australia. Um, and then just being more comfortable and more um, satisfied with, with how I live and the things that I want to do. What was like the hardest thing that you felt like um, you had to go through while you were traveling or that like you personally worked through? Um, and how, like, how did you work through it? If like you're saying that it was basically um, you were always worried about what other people thought of you. Uh, how did you like work through that while traveling? What was that uh, mental process that you went through? Um, I, I think there was a couple different things, a couple different uh, factors on that. Um, I think it was just seeing other cultures and seeing like what other people have versus like, you know, what, what I was bringing with me just to travel. Um, and, you know, that like these people uh, that were, you know, they didn't really have too much money or whatever it was. And they, you know, they were happy on their day-to-day basis. Um, and I, and like, they didn't really care. Like, you know, they had dirty feet, they had whatever, like tattered clothes, like they didn't care. Like, like they saw me with my like traveling, you know, my brand new backpack and everything. Um, and then like, you know, they were just like, Oh, like whatever, like we're happy doing this. And then like, I would meet other people, um, especially for, I don't know, just like some of the friends that I met along the way, uh, you know, I'd be putting on like, I don't know, we're, we're going to go out one night and I was like putting like, sh- like shit, in my like gel in my hair. And, um, like one of the guys that I was friends with, he was like, Oh, like, bro, like who cares? Like you're on a holiday. Like it doesn't like, you know, why, would you, why would you care about what anybody in this entire world thinks of you? Especially like when you're right here, it's like, fuck man, that's so true. He's like, you know, if you're, if you want your hair to be messy, like that's fine. Um, I think it was those like small things where I was just like, no, that's like really like at the end of the day, who cares? Like, like how I look at what all these people, all these people think about me. Um, especially while you're traveling. Cause like everybody's only there to have a good time knowing like really people, don't care. Like, I don't know. I think just realizing that, that people really don't care about what you do or what you say um, as much as you think you like other people do. So who are that you? Who is Ben Kravitz? What did you find out about yourself? Who, who are you now? <clears throat> I'm just somebody that wants to, A, take as much people as possible to vegan burger restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like that was also one of my favorite parts of traveling was taking people to like vegan cafes and being like, "Try the burger, it's amazing." <laughs> uh, that too, uh, I love new experiences. Um, not like no materialistic, no material object could I'll trade for for the chance to travel somewhere. Um, and three, uh, I care about um, I care about my own well being and happiness and. Uh, like working on that consistently um, and realizing like things, you know, the the things that I wasn't happy with myself that, you know, that, like things are okay. Not to, not to ex- accept like a low level for yourself, but um, to understand like, you know, you might not be happy with this part of your life, but working on it is a lot better than just being like, Hey, I'm unhappy with this. Like, you know, what makes um, you happy? Seeing the world traveling like there's like, just new experiences. I really just love and meeting people. What about, like, what about like, cause one of the times we talked, you said this might've been at the beginning of your travels. Like you were really struggling with not like your purpose, but you were really struggling with not having routine. Did you find like from traveling that like you actually really love routine or, <laughs> or was that just something at the beginning that was like uncomfortable at first, and then eventually you were like, "Oh, this is my new routine," which is literally like traveling, you know. 
Yeah, um, I would say it was a little both because when I first started traveling, it was when I came from the most hectic time in my life, like everything, school, work, um, selling all my stuff, like uh, just getting rid of my life. Like my last month in my apartment, I slept on a uh, uh, a foam a foam mattress because the air. <laughs> I bought a air bed. I sold, I gave my bed to a friend because I wanted the apartment cleaned and like cleared out. Um, and then I bought a cheap air mattress that a cheap air mattress that pops. So I had a foam mat. <laughs> Just so people think, like, I really, like, per- like I, I got to share the picture online someday of, like, my apartment was empty and then I'm in the corner. Um, but, uh, all right, so I came, so I was busy with everything, right? I was super busy. And then when I went to traveling, I was like, I don't have, it doesn't, I could stay in bed all day. I, I could do, I could go to the bar at 10 in the morning and, you know, just do nothing and be like, oh, I could waste the day away. It wouldn't matter. No one would care. No one would have, there was no expectations or responsibilities for me. And that kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was like, fuck, I came from all this stuff. Um, so at first that freaked me out. That was hard to deal with. And then once I got more into traveling, I realized, uh, you know, it was almost like I wasn't grateful for like being able to have the free time to do these things. And then the more I got into traveling, I, I got super grateful because I would see, um, you know, just people would be like, I don't know, just see other people stressed out with their things going on in their life. And I'm like, I have no stress. Like this is my most stress is like, you know, what I'm going to eat for dinner tonight, like street food or restaurant food, like, like, <laughs> like what is, uh, like no real problems in my life. Um, so I think the gratitude from that perspective kind of took over, um, as far as my routine goes. And I definitely do enjoy having a like good amount of work. Um, I'm like two jobs out here, uh, bartending and coaching basketball. And I think having like the jobs, like having that like a little bit of responsibility back, being able to go back to the gym, being able to cook all my meals, um, it feels good to go back to reality for a little bit, but I'm not going to lie. I'm super excited to like peace out again. Um, I know you're getting ready to travel again in 2020. Yeah. Where are you, where are you traveling? Do you ha- already have uh, like a, an idea of places you want to go? Yeah, I definitely, yeah. I don't, this is my, this is my problem is I don't know how much I have an idea of how much I'm going to save. Um, but I don't have a definite amount. And, you know, after I bought a car out here, so I'm going to sell that car and all these things kind of factor into where I'm going to go. But I definitely want to finish out Southeast Asia. Um, so that means I would go like Philippines, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, um, possibly Myanmar. Uh, but then at the same time, I was looking at flights because I love to look at flights. I, I'm like my downtown. I'm like, where can I go? Like, um, And like uh, another really cool thing about traveling, a solo and traveling like for extended periods of times is one-way flights are really affordable um like round trips is where they kind of fuck you it's like one-way flights are just you can you can go almost anywhere for uh cheap i was looking like from australia i could go like sri lanka um up to india like new delhi Dubai, and then over to nepal and then over to bangkok and like so that's four flights four flights guess how much that was how much it's like 600 american no 600 to get and then like what about getting back to australia though Oh well, I'm not. I'm probably not going to come back. Oh, you don't think you're going to go back? But like that was, that was to get over to That's like Thailand, ending Bangkok, in Bangkok. Like, um, so it's four flights. Like it's like Sri Lanka, India, Nepal. You know, four countries for like 600 American. Which is how do like, you find your? How do you find your flights? Is there like an app you use, or is there like a website you use that like allows you to find the cheapest ones, or is it literally just like you type it into Google? Um, I'm yeah. So I, I used Hopper for some of them. Hopper is an app. Um, you can't, it's not a website. I don't think yet. It's just an app. Um, and then there's other websites. Skyscanner is really good. But, uh, my favorite honestly is Google flights. If you just type in Google flights, um, 
is what I like to do is, is you go from like the city you want to leave from. Um, so I put like Sydney and then for, you can hit destinations and then just clear this, clear the backspace, put like one way and then put flexible dates and a map will, you know, it'll, a map will pop up and, um, you could pick a, you could either pick in the next six months or you could pick a month. Um, I don't know if you know about this, Holly, but no, I didn't. And then you, yeah, it's actually really cool. So, uh, yeah, you put in where you want to fly from and then just put in like generic, like the month of February, uh, one way or even round trip you could do, and then just clear popular de- or clear uh, destination and the map, the Google map will pop up and then you could, it zooms, you can zoom out and the prices that it will show will be the cheapest price. And you just click on that price and it will show the date. Like, so what, um, that's how I figured out like the $600, um, cause I, like I, I did that for February and it showed like Sri Lanka was like 150 from Sydney, um, for like whatever, like February 15th. Uh, and then, you know, I could do March for India and then it would show like March 1st, like the cheapest flight from Sri Lanka to India was like 60 bucks on like whatever day. So you could just do these. Like, oh, that's so smart. I don't, know, like, I don't know if I'm explaining it well enough for people to understand. No, this. no, you um, are. That makes total sense. Yeah. Um, so, and it'll pick these random dates where the flights are the cheapest. So then just base your trip off of that. And it's like, is you, there- they don't have to, you don't have to is there a pattern that you've noticed? <laughs> like, is there a certain no. day that's the cheapest or like? No, I think, I, think uh, I was reading about it because I also like to read about cheap flights. Um, <laughs> what I read is that uh, I, like this, I think they used to say like Tuesdays or Wednesdays at like midnight was like the cheapest day to buy a flight. But that was only because they used to manually input the flight times. Like they would have people doing that, but like it doesn't matter now because it's just computer generated. Um, so like as far as those times, I think there's still like the, what do they say, like, three months or like six weeks. I don't know, yeah. The... I think it's three months. And then I think like, of course, Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday, or like Thursday, Friday, Saturday are the most expensive. Cause that's typically people flying like weekend trips, which are always expensive. Yeah. So yeah, I actually, yeah, right, that's the one pattern I noticed is I don't ever fly on weekends. Um, pretty much all my flights are like Monday through Thursday. A random um, weekday. Yeah. Also like I, I flew out of like the, the shitty, like red eyes, like 6 a.m. flights, 5 a.m. flights. Um, but it's like whatever. I mean, I would be so excited to go to a new place. I wouldn't I – mean, I would hardly sleep anyways the night before, but once I'm up, I'm like, I'd be so excited. Uh, so, yeah, take the cheap flights. I'm like, you'll be tired for a day, but you'll be fine. Um, and then just do the little Google trick where it generates the cheapest days and you can plan out your next trip. Bada-bang, bada-boom. Was there, was there a re- um, like a reason you wanted to travel to the places that you're traveling to? or that you have traveled to? Mm, yeah, so did part you, of it was... What I was going to say, did you, like, pick them for a specific reason? Yeah, uh, yeah, Besides so, just being the cheapest? <laughs> yeah, uh, being the cheapest, and then also the, the professor that I mentioned earlier from USD that told me that he went to India for two years and, like, pushed me to go on this trip. Um, uh, he was my Buddhism uh, professor, and... Uh, when I, when I was taking the Buddhism class, I was just, I think a lot of it helped me with anxiety and just being on, being ready to be with myself for like really long periods of time and just like, you know, kind of sit and meditate and assess things. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, that's why, I, that's why I'm really keen to go back to Sri Lanka or go to Sri Lanka and India, um, to look more into Buddhism, but also like Thailand, uh, and Southeast Asia in general has so many temples and, um, the Buddhism culture over there is huge. So a lot of, I got to go to like, and see like incredible temples. And, um, I was, I was lucky enough a couple of times to sit in the back where like monks, um, were chanting, uh, and you, you just felt this energy that was just like, 
it was overwhelming at some points, um, especially in the beginning of the trip because I was just so I was like wanting to work on myself. Um, and uh, yeah, being able to see that and like meet those people. Um, yeah, so Buddhism was a big driving factor behind the destinations. Do you think that on your next trip you would go stay at like a monastery for like a certain amount of time and just do like hmm. straight meditation? Is that something you want to do? Yeah, so there's a there's a place up in uh, Thailand, northern Thailand called Pai. Um, it's a really cool hippie like hippies place, uh, but they have a lot of like retreats up there, like a lot of yogi retreats. Um, they have, I guess, all over Southeast Asia, but like that's a really famous one in northern Thailand, and. Uh, I was going to do it, but honestly, I was, I feel like I wasn't ready. I was still working a lot of things out. Um, I still wasn't like that, you know, stoked on like who I was. And so it was just, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't want to spend 10 days like in, in silence, like working on myself <laughs> like, I, I for a longer period of time. Cause I was in Thailand only like, like a month after I left and it hadn't been enough time. Like I hadn't made peace with a lot of things. So, um, I didn't want to force that on myself. Like I was kind of nervous. I thought about it and that's really what I want to do now. I would love to do that now. Um, but no, I was like, fuck, that'll, I'll torture myself for 10 days. And do that. <laughs> Just gives up and but walks I, out. I'm done. Yeah. I'm like I, they're also, they're not, they're not the cheapest thing. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd love to do that now. Uh, now that I feel like I'm more like ready to like assess things um, and go deeper. But like, yeah, yeah. at first, at first I was like, that will, that'll shake up my world too much. Like, I just want to enjoy the first part of this trip. <laughs> I don't want to be tripping out. Oh, getting like, deep into thing. the depths of your soul. Like, this is why I've acted this way my whole life. Yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll swing back around to that. It happened over a longer period of time. Um, but don't you feel like your your biggest amount of growth was actually during the time that you were pretty much like, meditating by driving down the coast of Australia. Isn't that funny to think about? Like, I mean, it was at the end of your trip. So of course you were like a little bit more comfortable with like learning who you were and like learning like different things about yourself. But like, that's funny to think about because driving is meditative. And Mm -hmm. like you said, you said previously that like the, well, you didn't probably say it on here, but you've told me that like the like, largest part of growing or maybe this is not what you said you can word it on your own but like yeah because you drove however many days explain <laughs> i'm not explaining it well um well no uh you're definitely right the the biggest part um of like individual growth came while i was driving uh just like by myself like day in day out and like australia's fucking it's huge and it's like there's nobody here there's like 25 million people here like that's in the whole country like there's like there's like more people than that in San Diego. <laughs> no, like California, I think has like 33 million in like, <laughs> like Australia. This in the place that's the size of the U.S. is only 25 million. So uh, you don't really run into people unless like you specifically go out of your way. But if you're like just on the driving, like on the coastlines, um, and like since I was living in my car, like I wasn't going to hostels, and I was I was cooking the food. Like I had like a little portable stove. Um, so that was like that was real. It was nice because I was, like, really able to just, like, drive and just think and just sit and be by myself. Um, so, yeah, that definitely gave me the most time to, I guess, reflect. And, you know, you can't really escape. You can escape. Like, I could have gone somewhere, but I kind of saw that it was eating me up a little bit. Like, those things that I was struggling with, I was like, yeah, they're coming out now because, like, I'm, you know, this is, like, day 
15, like not talking to anybody. Like, yeah, like things are, things are coming out, but I'm like, all right, this is good. Like, these are the things I need to work on. Um, and then even when I got to Sydney uh, and I was still living out of the truck, um, I was still just like, you know, kind of just like by myself, by myself. Uh, and then like, I don't know, it's not a, something didn't switch, but um, I, I don't know what it was. I just finally felt like good about everything. Like, and, like finally was able to, yeah, to like at, like at peace and like answer a lot of the questions I had about myself. That makes sense. Yeah, that does. I don't know. I think a lot. I don't know. Do you have like do you have times like that in your life where you you've struggled with something and then come to peace with it um, due to some external environment change? I mean, I feel like usually like I do need to be in silence. Like for me, like I need to like turn everything off, like go be by myself, like not like like actually like tune into myself and really figure out like what's upsetting me. Cause I feel like for like all of my life, I've been like in tune enough where I can recognize when something's off, like whether I'm like really edgy or I'm snappy or I'm feeling angry or like whatever it is, or I don't know, those are like typically the negative ones where like something negative is impacting, you know? And then for me, I'm like, okay, this is not who I am. Cause I'm usually, you know me, like usually I'm like a pretty happy person. Like I'm always the one in the family who's like, all right guys, let's just like, I'll get along. (laughs) So I feel like I'm like, usually then like I can go and be like, okay, like what's actually upsetting me. Like I'm obviously not mad. Cause like Ben, I don't know, like Ben took my car. Like, that's not really what I'm mad about. What am I really mad about? You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's definitely like, I feel like as you learn more about yourself, you learn more about like what you need to be able to work through certain things. And you really just like know who you are. So then like, like I was saying, like when things feel off in you, you're like, okay, like let me figure out what's actually going on. Cause oftentimes we just like mirror it or reflect it on someone else. And we just think we're angry at like something or someone else. But ultimately like we're just angry at something within ourselves mm-hmm. and people don't want to yeah. admit that, you know? No. Well, I also think a big part of that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think a, a large part of, um, answering those questions or reflecting on yourself is is doing things outside you can't i don't think people you don't really grow if your life is like stagnant like you could be coasting in life right you could be your bills are paid sure like you're saving a little bit of money sure like but your day-to-day is just like so you know like elevator music playing <laughs> mundane like it's just a plain jane life which is like fine that's like fine definitely fine but um uh, you're not i don't think you're ever gonna really like look to to answer anything about yourself or really even if you don't have it like questions about yourself like change up your circumstances like like you guys start a business and be like fuck this is it this is it's, it's all or nothing that'll reflect go traveling sell your purge your life like you know i'm like fuck, this is it like it's all or nothing and um i think giving yourself those ultimatums bring you to um, new perspectives that uh bring in such such growth where now you can how you were just saying that you can look back and you you know that you need to be like in silence and to really assess the situation um and, you know, I have my own tools to work out things that, like, when I get upset. Uh, so I think, yeah, I think things like that are really important in life. Do you think people need to do, like, some big grand thing to be able to, um, like, figure themselves out? I, th- I mean, yeah, I do. I definitely do. Um, I don't think it's in the cards for everybody just because it's not. I, I think all right, no, no, that's not right. I think everybody could do it. I think for some people it would definitely be more challenging to get to. Um, I was super lucky in, in my circumstances to be able to like work and save and um, things like that. 
But uh, yeah, I think a, a really big change um, where it really pushes you far outside of what you're used to uh, is, I mean, I think the harder things are, they're, they're the more out, the more far out things are, just the greater return that you're going to get. You know, small steps are only going to get you, you know, little, very tiny little places, um, which, yeah, will amass to a big thing over time. But why not just take that big, giant leap towards something and then, like, really see what it's about? Yeah, I think, like, oftentimes people think, like, oh, I have to, like, do something like what you did. Like, oh, I have to, like, go travel the world. But it's like, no, you can really just, like, like literally move. Like, move one state over. Move a couple, yeah, move across cool. the country. Like, you know, move somewhere where you don't have, like, the toxic people or like the people you rely on right now and like really be able to like figure out like, okay, how am I going to make this work? It doesn't need to be some grand giant like thing. Like it can literally just be like, like you were saying, like changing your environment and, or like quitting that job that you hate and being like, you know what, I'm going to like pursue this passion that I'm passionate about, whatever it is. Cause I think people are so afraid of the unknown that that's what stops them. 100%. And the unknown is like, it's, I don't know, it's what life's all about. That's where you grow. That's that's where life is. I think that's where all the the emotional, you know, driving factors of life, um, the things that you don't know that you didn't expect that turn out, uh, you know, incredible. Uh, Like, I think those are what, that's what's important in life. And that's like, those are the things that you'll remember Um, uh, versus some, you know, just, you know, knowing what to expect every day. Uh, yeah, I think having those challenges are huge. Yes. Okay, I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know it's like the middle of your day over there. So I'm going to ask you the last question, <laughs> which is what is the <laughs> – I'll prep yeah. you for it. <laughs> what is the seed of truth you would have planted first? <laughs> Um, I think it's just to wait. I'm sorry. The the seed of truth that I that I want to plant within myself that you would have planted first, like that you wish you planted first. Um, Yeah, like a truth, like something that you now know is true from your travels that you wish you could like tell your younger self a year or ten years ago or whatever. Just, just, I would say just to trust trust in your abilities and yourself. Uh, I think that's why a lot of people don't do the things that are unknown is because they don't trust themselves to whatever to start that business and execute and actually uh, make it something, or uh, they don't want to go on that that trip because they don't think that they'll be uh, that they'll be um, like okay, whatever. They're they're afraid of things. So it's like trust yourself. Like you'll be fine. Um, and even if you won't, like it's it's not the end of the world. And if it is the end of the world, then that's fine because. You know, you won't be around for it. Like, just just do things. Trust the actual do things. Of the world. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Like, I think people like get really afraid of like whatever it is. I'm still terrified to die. Like, I think. Like, yeah, that's, I, well, I just that's like something you gotta work. Through. Not like terrible. Well, I'm just like, uh, yeah. I guess that is something. But um, I think a lot of people don't want to do things because they're afraid of like what will come out. Why like, are you afraid to die? Because like, you're gonna be dead. <laughs> like I feel like there's like so much so much like not so so many things like unturned in my life that I still want to do like so many places I want to see and so many more experiences that I want to have 
Um, if it were to be cut short, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I feel like that's also what guides my gratitude every day that I'm like, fuck man, like I'm in Australia. Um, like I have all these really great things going for me. Uh, and that's huge because a lot of people don't get these opportunities. Um, and a lot of people will never take the chance to even have this opportunity. It's like, now that I have it, uh, it's almost like it's, it's too good to be true. Like, I feel like things are like really, really well. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I've gotten to do these things. Um, and I'm like nervous. I'm like, I don't want things to get cut short. I don't want to like, you know, some accident to happen or something like that. Um, and also I don't have, I know you, you and Shane are, are more on the religious side of things. Um, I don't necessarily have that yet, not to get into religion, but, uh, I don't have that comfort. So I want to do so much in that. Now that I see that there's so much more to the world, I'm like, fuck, I got to see it and I got to do it. Um, and it's so big and there's so much to see and do. It's almost overwhelming that I'm like, I can't get this life cut short because I need a long time. To, I need a long time to, to get through it. I feel you. I feel you. But you'll be yeah. done. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's not going to matter. You're still going to be done. <laughs> I thought you were like, are you scared some some dramatic thing like you getting kidnapped in Egypt? Is how you're gonna go? Is that what? Dude, there were some points I thought I was gonna get. There were some points I was like, man, I fucked up. Like this going down. It's the end. The the train. Take me down. Dying. Being kidnapped. What? The the time in the train in Egypt, like the story I explained earlier. Like, there's a lot of parts. Um, That's funny. Okay. Well, thanks so much for coming on and letting me record a second time. This one's even better than the first anyway, so. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I want to say yeah, thank you to you and Shane. Small Seed also, which I got my, my box today of uh, yeah, like you three, did. three small seed bars. Super psyched on that. Haven't had them for like yeah, forever now. Um, so thank you guys. Um, just want to say again, like it's been incredible watching you guys grow as a company um and i I can't wait to see where small seed goes in the next 10 years it's going to be incredible and i'll take my rope in cash (laughs) (laughs) i'll just i'll take the 25 percent of the company okay it's not really that big of a deal i know we didn't sign anything but i think we agreed on it when when you guys (laughs) use my (laughs) so ridiculous all right we out bye All right, guys, one last thing we did forget to mention at the end of this podcast is how you can follow Ben and follow his travels. You can definitely go check him out on Instagram. His name is Ben underscore Crav, so B-E-N underscore K-R-A-V. He's also the traveling bean on YouTube, so that's who we're always talking about when we're posting the traveling bean adventures on our Instagram. Um... Definitely go follow him, show him some love, and don't forget to rate and review this podcast. Thanks so much, guys.